Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpinito, your Futures Editor. Andrew Rotten, Editor-in-Chief. Rutledge Doggett, Site Founder. Andrew Stritch, your Googleizer Editor. Googleizer Editor. Is that like the machine Google feeds are dead? Have you not seen... Zoolander? Have you not seen Zoolander? Oh. But see, it's funny because it's a mispronunciation of eulogy, but also Google Stadia is dead. So it's a you googly. Oh, I see. We're connecting all the dots because this week Stadia is dead on our 69th episode. Nice. 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 Stadia. Dicks out. <laughs> you can't. Come on, you don't remember that? <laughs> Dicks out for Stadia, man. Hey, you can't see our pants. You can't see our lower halves. <laughs> that's the, that's the image we want to leave. COVID Zoom calls uh, all I'm over again. I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> Business is a party. Oh man, are we 15 the, seconds in? Because that's I, gonna make YouTube mad. Hey, you know the uh, the intro song is like 11 seconds. So oh, I we're think, good. We're good. We made it. Uh, yeah, Stadia is now officially dead. I think. I think in uh in honor of its legacy we should probably have a little moment of silence so we want you listener to join us as well whatever you're doing let's just take you know some time to respect the legacy of stadia starting now and that's all the time we have for that moment of silence uh, truly just a moment <laughs> True. This, this is the, the, it was about the same well, as the lifespan of stadia so yeah maybe a little longer I let's mean, be generous. around for a few years come on yeah yeah, I mean, and Stadia kind of, I think, opened the door-ish, like to to the public perception of cloud gaming, right? I think certainly started a big conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now Xbox is carrying that torch. Yeah, Xbox will actually make a product this from behind, beyond the grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, hey, you know that Amazon's got Luna? I had me neither. Anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> Luna. It's being carried by Ubisoft, basically. Yeah. They don't have Smile yeah, either. Which, so. which, you know, Ubisoft may not exist in a few years. Yeah, maybe, depending on uh, how things go for them, right? Maybe uh, maybe that's what Assassin's Creed Infinite is. It's just what they're going to rebrand yeah. Luna to. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, it was going to be like a Deadpool thing where they're, you're hunting down the Ubisoft executives <laughs> and assassinating them. <laughs> I think the craziest thing from their their all hands meeting like last week or whatever where he was like i'm sorry that i said the ball's in your court was the yeah. whole can we start creating ch- trends instead of chasing them and i was like mm-hmm. you know he stood there and he was like i don't i don't have a response to this well they like, created one trend brutal. and then they've been riding it for like 15 years yeah <laughs> and they're going back to their roots by riding the original trend that yes. they were riding in the first place so it's a lot of original creativity over there uh, coming out of ubisoft right now um see i thought when you initially said uh, assassin's creed infinite i thought you were kind of going toward like well last time we saw a game with the name infinite on it it Did also well. performed it very very well halo infinite is doing incredibly well and 343 is i hear they're making more halos we'll get into that and uh yeah we should get into that we'll get into that in today's episode we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the last of us tv show so toward the end of the episode we'll probably have spoilers on for that just as a heads up for just the first episode um i think by the time this episode this episode of the podcast comes out 
ten year old game. Yeah, for a ten year old game. Right? <laughs> but I mean, if you haven't seen the show and haven't played the game, yeah, so I guess. want to we're giving you the fair warning now. We will make it clear later in the episode when the spoilers will begin. But otherwise, let's get into some news. The Wizards of the Coast uh, walked back some of their uh, OGL stuff from last week. And now they've released OGL 1.2 or a draft of it. So the draft is not final. Yes. Yeah. And if you look at the PDF, there's a big watermark on every page that says D-R-A-F-T. They want to be very clear. This is a fusion. Oh, is that how that's spelled? Sometimes. It depends where you're from. Uh, And it's all for feedback. They're going to have a survey running where uh, people can submit their feedback to it. I think, Stretch, you have uh, you've you've gone into that OGL and you wrote up a a piece on our site which will be linked in the show notes below but do you want to walk us through some of the big highlights of this draft yeah i mean a, a lot of it isn't exactly uh new um in fact you know it's a whole lot of them doing exactly what i what i was saying last week on the podcast that like they've they've now talked a big talk about what they're going to change and what they're going to do differently um and now we're seeing that they're walking the walk um the the base rule or the base mechanics of D they have put into the creative commons, which is huge. That's like, you know, people who had a fear of them changing the rules on them or them changing some something on them. It's immediately like, nope, they literally cannot. Um, that, that doesn't belong to them anymore. Um, they put in a clause that the only portions of the contract of the OGL 1.2 that they would be able to change going forward would be in how they communicate with people who they think are breaching the OGL and um, how people need to reference the OGL 1.2 to make sure that it's valid inside whatever content they create. Some of the stuff in there, like this is totally a, a license that you will have access to and this will be you know, in perpetuity, unrevocable. And it's like, well, there was also that wording on the last one that you've now rescinded. Um, there are those those lines in there specific to the ability to, like, retract the license from people who make content that is deemed to be racist, bigoted, um, offensive, there is, you know, some people are are looking at their verbiage, you know, that they can determine what what is racist or bigoted. Um, and, you know, some people are looking at that, you know, wondering how how heavy the hand will be that determines what is that. But really, I just reckon that this is Wizards of the Coast putting a clause in so that they don't have to sue another company for making horrendously racist content like TSR did earlier with one of their playtest betas. Mm. Um, uh, and we have a, an article linked to that in in that piece as well. It was um, used in the lawsuit. Yeah, the, the, that piece that I have linked to is actually used in said lawsuit as an example. Um, so that's really cool. But Yeah, we're in a court um, of law. Yeah, that's right. but uh, it's it's... For the most part, it looks good. They still don't have any of the royalty stuff. You know, I'm still personally coin flip on that. I know that some people are very for it. Well, no, no one's very for it. Some people are very against it. Um, but I can also understand uh, that that either way, at least. There's some weird stuff in there with regard to virtual tabletops. 
that like, yes, you can have the mechanics to magic missile. You can have something that lets you cast magic missile. You can have the other person take damage and that damage calculation be done automatically in the VTT, but you can't make it look like magic missile. Mm. What um, if I make it green Would that? I, I don't think that magic missile specifies what color it is. Mm. Um, like in the in the description of the spell. So I don't even know how they would be able to argue what does and does not look like magic missile when it's a it's a projectile that starts at point A and ends at point B that is magical in nature. Mm -hmm. Um but you know that that is a little bit weird, a little bit shady. My guess is that's because we know that they're coming out with their own VTT through D D Beyond. Mm -hmm. Um so of course you know, this might be a way for them to be able to to be like, well, VTT is everywhere, but if you want to play like the really flashy VTT with all of the effects that are official effects, yeah, then official ones, you've got yeah. to come check out our system. Um, I still see people rallying on Twitter and stuff that they shouldn't be like, it's okay for them to make 1.2, but they shouldn't be allowed to deauthorize 1.0a. But they pretty clearly state in the post as well. It's like, well, if we don't deauthorize the old one, then those clauses that we have for people to not make racist or bigoted content isn't going to be something that we can we can push for because those people who want to make racist, bigoted stuff will um, will just use the 1.0a. Right. So they're very much stuck in in a weird position mm. in regards to that specifically but Did, they're they making also, good strides. they said though right that anything that has already been made in 1.08 will like remain yeah. as if it were right like they're not gonna right. retroactively apply 1.2 to older things yeah. right yeah yeah so it's not it could like get weird as if people make it after the deauthorization and try and play off like well i made it before you guys deauthorized 1.2 and they, they did have something in that specifically that like there was not in this most recent one, but in the last one, there was like a six month grace period for like stuff that you projects that you had already started publishing under 1.0 a that you would have like six months to get it out. And then even then it was like, hey, if that's unfeasible because like stuff has just gone to print and we'll be printing and shipping for the next six months. Um, here's an email that you can contact with us, uh, contact us with, and just like, let us know the details. Mm, that's so good, at least they are, yeah. they are like looking at their big, you know, at all of the third party. I'm not, not going to say they're big because none of it is theirs as they have outlined in their contract. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's still definitely not an open license. They're keeping the name open gaming license, but it is, it is a licensing agreement. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, We'll see. Um, literally, like as of recording this, they've just opened up these surveys for feedback. Um, so I'm sure that that will get absolutely bombarded with crap stuff. But as many current and ex Wizards employees have been on Twitter this week saying, yes, they read the feedback, even the stuff in the paragraphs. Right. And and there was like a little bit of that because the reason they had to clarify, right? Because there was like some people tweeting, like it was like D and D shorts or something. D and D shorts has been doing a lot of 
yeah. tweeting from and, internal sources that yeah. some has like been leaked. true and some has not. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of that was part partly down to the way that he has been protecting the identity of his source has been through like running uh running all of their conversations through like a paraphraser, mm. which then I think has has led to some murkier, you know, if you replace mm. every single word in a paragraph with uh with a like word it's not going to convey the same message right so is that um, kind of like uh the one piece odyssey overview that i see uh scraped on another site right now of one oh, of ours from ours yeah probably yeah maybe similar software that just makes absolute gibberish out of scraping yeah yeah i mean so, i can uh, I can understand why they're doing it just in terms of it's the same idea as like if you're using an audio clip you you muffle the voice or you go through like a voice yeah. changer so that way you know you can track like phrases that a person uses but yeah i think you know, the point you make where the more words you change with synonyms the let the further away you get from the original meaning yeah and i know that like yeah. did you know gaming just kind of came out about this as well with all of their videos and their content when they're like Oh, from our anonymous source and they read out the quote i saw that there were a couple of people being like well why doesn't the person giving the quote read it and it's like well protecting mm -hmm. their identity sometimes what you what you say isn't quite how you want to to form the sentence um around it you know it's the same reason that any journalist like after going through an interview with someone um they will then you know share what that is to to see if they want to maybe slightly change some of their quotes because um, you don't I mean in just even in the way you talk you say um there are break words like everything yeah uh, you know I get the idea of making something more succinct but yeah um, the entire the entire tabletop community has been pulling big gamer moves of picking up the pitchforks before they really let anything concrete come out. Because mm. I, I do sense kind of like a huge about face from wizards in terms of their like tone and yeah. approach to this. Because you know initially, right? What initially caused all the backlash was them kind of being like, uh, "Hey, here's the new licensing agreement. Fuck you. Sign it by Friday. No negotiate. Like this is it. Do it now or else." Right? Mm -hmm. And then they kind of backed away and then ended in that more like, "You, you may think we lost, but we won too, just like you." And now We're they're in winning. full. Yeah, now they're in kind of full like, okay, let's let's have a discussion about it. Let's do feedback and surveys yeah. and all. So, and it's, it's been a bit of a pattern too. So there's also a lot of mistrust that's built up. Yeah, uh, in yeah. terms yeah, of definitely. their behavior over the last couple of years. If they had got, it would have just been such a different situation if they had come forward with the one point one and said, "Hey, we're going to be taking feedback on this. Here mm -hmm. is what we're thinking." Mm -hmm. Just. Uh, there would be so many less headaches over the past two weeks. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think they definitely wanted to get people locked into an agreement prior to, because it's it's about money. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want that feedback. They wanted people the to sign a thing and then be, we'll deal with the fallout later, potentially. But it got out before all that could happen. Right. That's the feeling I got from it. I mean, maybe yeah, I'm just too cynical because it's a, billion dollar company hasbro and they are always going to do shady shit no, the, they're a billion dollar company the backpedaling has been intense yes um, <laughs> yeah. big time yeah it's almost like we won and they lost 
to use some, <laughs> other, some other language. Sure yeah. We're all winners here. Yeah. Everybody gets a participation yeah. trophy. Which, for the record, I hate that language. I don't think it should have been. It definitely shouldn't have been used in the wizard statement. It is such a strange thing I, to say. I also don't like it to be used from like the fan community perspective because I just don't. It shouldn't be a us versus them mentality. I'm going to start putting that in our blog posts. Yeah. But, yeah. You may think we lost. <laughs> <laughs> but we won. Just like hey, you. Hey, come on. Internal when has character ever lost? <laughs> True. We've just been batting a thousand this whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing a great job. No, zero misses in our 10 years. Well, almost mm -hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Just like Sony. Sony has never missed as well. Uh, just like their upcoming PSVR 2 which is going to come out on February 22nd, about a month away from the time this podcast is dropping on your feed. And over last week, Sony has revealed 13 additional games they're adding to their launch window lineup. It should be clear that this isn't like all of these games are not necessarily dropping on February 22nd, just the launch window, whatever that means to Sony. Um, you can expect 37 games within a month of february right or february 22nd uh some of the new games they announced are i mean they're some of them are older like they're not all brand new but, you know you're looking mm -hmm. at like pavlov vr puzzling places song and smoke res infinite synth riders what the bat beat saber what's that what's the beat, saber? A, a beat saber it's like one of the most popular that... vr games we're getting that at launch right is that like a ddr clone what the fuck is that no, it's, it's, I think, uh, I think like that's Synth Riders is the kind of oh, DDR-ish clone. Yeah. Yeah. Beat Saber was that porn game we talked about. Huh, uh, which one? I don't know. Oh, whatever <laughs> weird thing Otten found one week. Like, literally the week after I got my index. Oh, oh I don't remember the name of that. Oh, that's I right. can't remember either. I think it yeah. was simply just porn VR, to be honest. Porn VR. <laughs> yeah. hey, if you have a market, sell to it. Shit. Yeah, I mean, it's I hate, there. I, I bet it's easy to find too. Like if you're looking for it, you know what you're looking for, right? Also, that industry um, tends to lead technology. So, uh, you buy your cool YouTube features. You can thank porn where, for. Where can I find <laughs> Bob's VR? <laughs> uh, but Beat Saber is allegedly on the way. I think la or earlier this they month announced in January. it. Yeah, just no yeah, date. They, yeah, they said like keep an eye out, keep watch the space. Yeah. We're coming to the PSVR two, but. Who knows what a, when? What a fucking miss to not have that at launch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about it. Because that's like would, the VR game. Yeah. Yeah. But also really love. Do we know like how many of these are free upgrades and how many of these are? I don't think you any might have ordered once to buy it again, sucker. Buddy, this is, this Sony. is this is Sony. This is play yeah. has no limits. Except please buy our upgrades. So yeah. yeah I, just, I just really, I really want to believe that. Nah. That there is some stuff in there that is like, yeah, if you owned it, then you then you can play it. Well, I yeah, don't think no. any of it's uh, that way. Well, well, there is one. I could that imagine is... Alchemy Labs doing it with Job Simulator. I could definitely imagine them doing yeah. it with the Job Maybe. Simulator stuff. I I know Gran Turismo Seven. That's going to be a free oh, update. It's a free update. That's right. Yeah, it's, you have to already yeah. own GT Seven, but yeah. then it gets yeah, and a like free that's going to be the same update. with with no man's sky right oh is no man's sky vr a standalone purchase i think it's a stand i don't know or oh yeah that's a good question because i think in, the, in other spaces it's vr like just added on right like if you buy it on steam yeah i think it's just like a vr mode within the game yeah. hmm. i think yeah. that 
there's quite a few i mean a decent amount of games listed here but there's not any of them that are like i must have this thing there's yeah. not a killer app yet still the only yeah. killer app really in vr like it if, if for like a big game is half-life alex and that's not that's here. Not, not on this and beat saber <laughs> and beats yeah i mean yeah i'm just like a, a big budget like gamey game yeah and, and i guess it's worth noting that there are some more of these that are actually free upgrades they're not all you have to buy them for psvr2 it looks like uh, puzzling places is a free upgrade pistol whip resident evil 7 is a free upgrade specifically mm. or village not 7 resident evil village is a free upgrade to the ps5 version of re village so if you already have the ps5 version yeah. you will get the vr upgrade for it <clears throat> okay um, so, and that's that's hopefully those things are at launch that's a pretty good library of things to check out day one yeah, yeah. Uh, and perhaps game. yeah that's gonna be I think that's what Sony's hoping is their killer app. Like that's their, yeah. you know. Uh, too bad Horizon yeah. keeps getting, you know, coming out when like Zelda and Elden Ring come out. Yeah, because <laughs> when it forgotten when it comes out, isn't like Wo Long the next week? I don't know if Wo Long's going to be. Like, I, like, say, yeah, I don't know yeah, if I'll I don't worry know about gonna... that. Well, in VRs, it's such a different beast. It has its own like no, it doesn't really cross over into general gaming a lot of times. Hey man, Bre Breath of the Wild's VR mode was great. I don't know what you're sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. We we have joked a lot about Is that uh, Nintendo's next move. You know they always do weird shit with consoles. And people are talking about the Switch lately. Are we going to get like a new Virtual Boy? Maybe. Well, well no, we, there we there was a the, VR mode in Breath of the Wild. The um that well it's the Labo thing, right? Where you slot the fucking switch into those big glasses in front of you. Yeah. And you, you would oh, look around. It had a VR mode. It's all good. Yeah, very, very sketchy one. Uh but we have joked about the index two coming. And what if that's like they, March one, March first, they announce index two I coming hope. I hope or so. like like Vive Pro <laughs> two, you know, the the next big blockbuster ultra powerful vr machine right uh, i think uh, my favorite name on this list i know absolutely nothing about this game but it's just a funny name nfl pro era i don't know why that that just tickles a certain place in my heart but it just sounds so funny to imagine an nfl game in vr it would be uh what was the there was a video a couple years ago of somebody playing a similar like football game and the controller slipped out and they threw it straight through their tv mm, and that's beautiful. all i can think of when i think of an nfl vr game oh i can't wait because like that's you're either terrifying. The, like you're either the coach this? or you're simulating concussions nfl pro era is the first fully licensed nfl virtual reality simulation game that lets players experience what it's like to compete as the quarterback on their favorite nfl team utilizing real-time nfl game data nfl oh, pro era is one of the most authentic and immersive first person vr foot game football games to come to the market but it's an oculus quest game huh. that has a, a 6.5 out of 10 on the vr grid let's go Wait, um, you can throw to your cousin mostly dude i i dude a a decently made vr game where you're playing a quarterback at nfl would be fucking cool as hell that does sound kind of neat but i'm wondering about that live like it says it's getting data in real time like what are you supposed to play a game that's happening as it's no they probably, probably mean they're they're updating rosters and shit with stat uh, like yeah it's probably just probably that. just the same way that like any any yeah. of like the pro like uh, what is it foot fut like the foot league mode of fifa sorry oh, of ultimate team? ea football club <laughs> the ea football foot club no yeah. i'd be down to try out that nfl game though yeah 
that could be neat. Uh, probably the other big one coming is this is one of the ones announced as part of this push was uh, Tetris Effect and also Thumper to an extent. But Tetris Effect's pretty big. I mean, in yeah. VR, it's not. I mean, it's still Tetris. It's not like you're 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 not holding the Tetraminos or anything. But you know, it's a really immersive yeah. experience. Very Have like they got a new vibrating controller to sit under for wow. Res. Say that one what more time. Did you just say? Sit, to sit. Have they got a new vibrating controller for you to sit on for res sit on for your butt do you guys okay. not know about this as well i don't Are know you... what's happening but is, I'm the, is a it called a, a vibrator is it ah uh, i forgot what it's called um res <laughs> the things i'm trying not to say right now um <laughs> all right no it was called the trance vibrator <laughs> that doesn't make it any better you guys don't know about this? <laughs> no. This this was this was uh, an add-on that came with the PS2 version of Res, the first one, that you would plug it into the USB port on your PS2, and it was like a like a, a vibrating thing that I'm gonna post it in the chat. Well, um, so you, you put it on your butt. It was a vibrating thing that would vibrate in time with the music, oh, and you were yeah, meant to sit on this thing. thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that, that now. That's not what it was used for, guaranteed. Well, you don't know that, right? Yeah. Get your mind out of the gutter, you sick fuck. God. <laughs> when Otten's says, telling you that, says, you know something's wrong. Says the man that used Rule 34 as empirical data in a Mar <laughs> <laughs> debate about Mario. Nobody games. else had hard data in that thing. It's just the facts. That's just, just fact. the facts here. Yeah. Just yeah, that hard data. That's... I thought I was speaking with with true gamers. You guys don't even mm. know about the officially licensed Res vibrator. Is that a, is that in your in your bag of your consoles? Bag? No, it's not in my bag of consoles. No. He, he I only put stuff in my bag of consoles that I don't use. Well, yeah, <laughs> well that's he, the difference. He still uses it now. Well, no, he, it, it, the, it doesn't it work anymore. He's used it so much he wore it out. <laughs> Right. Well, just a big fan g of the beat. Kill me. G g g g <laughs> oh, oh boy. God, I feel like this whole pod so far has been very dirty. Very yeah. dirty into the new yeah. year. Anyway, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's like the one of the peak things people hope for VR, right? Come on. Dirty. That was yep. one of the busiest booths at 183 I went to. Well, some point oh, I mean, yeah, it couldn't uh, get around surprise it. Surprise me. Yeah. It's like what you know, why did we end up with Blu-rays in all of our consoles and yes. not HD DVDs? Why do we have VHS and not Betamax? Mm. It's uh, well, that's because Sony fumbled the bag on that. That's a big that's story. True. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I I feel like so far the tone of this episode has been pretty on point for episode sixty-nine. Oh, that's right. That's true. That is fair. But, that is fair. Should should that's... I buy PSVR two? Should Rut buy sure, any PSVR two? If you want, or hey, if you want to, if you want to drive six hours, you can try mine when it gets in here. It's more like seven hours. Even better. No. Well, see, you drive seven hours to then come here and then fake drive in GT in Gran, in Gran Turismo Seven. Just, just bring it there with you, you to E three. Yeah, I'm solved. Yeah, I could I guess? I don't know if I'd want to pack that in my bag. Yeah, fly with it, nah. Yeah. And I don't know what plane. What yeah, fucking just wear time the headset on the plane. <laughs> I gotta perfect it. I wonder if that would work well for people who uh, don't enjoy flying. 
I've seen plenty of photos hmm. spread around and stuff of people being like, yeah, I just, you know, instead of dealing with like being on a plane, even to like watch your own movies and stuff, hmm. but to have the headphones and the, the visor come down and be in a theater environment. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine that would be a good use for it. I could not imagine playing a game in VR on a plane. Cause you do imagine being the person next to, next to the motherfucker. Yeah, you're just punching and swinging his arms while trying to throw a touchdown pass, and you yeah. smack the someone playing in the Creed head. in the <laughs> just beating the shit out of the seat in front of you. Yeah, imagine Screw being the kid behind you kicking the seat. It's you're just punching the person in front of you. It's the adult the VR that's me? the problem. Asshole playing oh, VR. Man, on the you'd plane. get you'd get so sweaty, and that'd just be gross to sit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next person who comes into the plane, it's just like a pool. <laughs> it's very damp. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. like, no, no, man, that's the kayak game I've been playing. That's the kayak game. It's just, it's uh, just really wet. Yeah, it's very immersive. Is this with the trans vibrator or not? You Always. can bring it. You can uh, bring it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's pivot to our last story of the day here. This one's not so nice news. It's kind of been a big trend in tech over the past yeah. week or so. There have been a lot of layoffs. It is on the theme it. though. Is it? How, yeah, people got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep the 69 theme. No. Just no. Oh my god. Well, the 69 is like a mutual fucking. This is a pretty one True. way. True. Pretty one way. They didn't ask for this. <laughs> this podcast is not for kids. I'm sorry, YouTube. Oh, I'm gonna literally have to market it like he's got Eevee know. behind him. Yeah, That's I do. Kitty. Do I? No, no but trash does. Uh, so in in part of the round of layoffs, you know, there's been big ones like Amazon, Google actually just announced today on Friday, which is when we're recording this podcast, or like early yeah. this morning, Friday, that Google well, Alphabet parent company is also doing layoffs. Uh, Microsoft is as well. And part of where it intersects with gaming here is that Xbox gaming employees are being impacted. Oh. It, it, it activated oh. my Google. My Google at home is, is listening to it's me right oh now. My God. It is. This is amazing. Hey, is Google, stop. Stadia? Stadia, is that you? Are you dying? <laughs> is that you from beyond the veil? <laughs> uh, yeah, Stadia is, is trying to claw its way back into the world through the nest, right? Um, but Microsoft is also being affected by these layoffs. I think actually Austin, our, uh, one of our writers, he interviewed someone at World's Edge who works with the Age yeah. of Empires people, and that mm-hmm. person also got laid off, which is kind of crazy to, you know, we're like two degrees. Yeah, it was like narrative uh, focus. So that's like kind of yeah. two degrees from us that's been people affected. People at Bethesda were affected as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a couple bit. other Zenimax properties. Pretty it's been brutal. Cool. And I mean, like- A lot um, of Halo people, yeah. 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 Vox Media announced 7% layoffs today. Mm-hmm. Uh there was one other. Wayfair. I mean, they're more of a retailer. Yeah, I mean uh, in our in our space like along with like Vox's, you know, journalism in general, but like, you know, in gaming journalism, GameSpot and uh Giant Bomb, right? Like mm-hmm. Fandom just announced some cuts there too. So it's it's starting to get into layoff season in general, which is kind of a scary time for everyone. Yeah. Um There's definitely and- some market fear right now. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, we're actually replacing Rob for the next podcast going forward, and he doesn't even know about it. Oh wow! Would, are we replacing me with one of the other two Robs? No AI. We're, we're just 
Yeah, we're just gonna well, get AI. <laughs> ChatGPT is gonna come in. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're gonna feed all of your previous podcasts into a paraphrasing bot, <laughs> and then we're gonna say, <laughs> and then we're gonna have your Google Nest read out your lines. Mm. Mm. Honestly, hey, it sounds like a nice break, so I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I think some of the the biggest stuff we're seeing, and it's kind of a developing story, is with three four three. Right, they got impacted pretty hard. I think it's kind of getting safer to say that we're probably not going to see much campaign stuff moving forward with Halo. And I think there was a story that came out today that they yeah, were mostly rumors. Is it rumors? Yeah. Not official. Of rumors um, <laughs> about who is left, who isn't left. You know, of that skeleton crew you know, whether they would be continuing to work on Halo or whether they would be taken off Halo as a franchise, which would be pretty ridiculous for 343 Industries named after Guilty Spark to not be making Halo games. But at the moment, it is all unsubstantiated rumors. So there was another rumor, too, that there that with that shift to having an outside development team handle Halo, that they're going to work on their own first party IP, too. Mm. So there's the like a lot of stuff going around right now around right now which is if that's true they could call it like fate or maybe destiny mm. for their own solo ip speaking of cool rumors there were rumors earlier this week that um that they were trying to get scale bound going again oh, oh that's true too yeah mm. sorry just, <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it's been, a, it's been a really wild week of ups and downs and it's just been crazy like looking out into the void of the internet and seeing so much horrendous stuff happen yeah yeah i feel like amid all of like the the horrible layoff news just rumors have been going crazy just like rumors in general about everything i feel like we're just seeing a lot more this week it's kind of weird yeah, yeah. it's hard to substantiate a lot of it too in the midst of all of these layoffs like it could wonder... be literate anybody I wonder why there's so many rumors. Almost like it's a downtime for news this year, and people have to generate some stories. Oh, they're making hey guys. I just stuff. heard a fat leak that Otten thinks that it's a slow time for games right now. It's, it's slow well, news past pass few it weeks. On. Yeah, pass it on well, until Monday. Yeah, it start, now it starts. Yeah. Today is really when it starts. Fire Emblem's out, and it's we're all fucked now for the next yeah. few weeks. Fire few Emblem, Forspoken, Dead Space next week. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then February is just a mess. February is just a mess. Yeah, but I, I worry that this is maybe not the last of layoffs we're going to see at big studios. I mean, just last no. week we were talking, I mean, earlier in this pod, we were just talking about how Ubisoft is having some troubles i'm not saying for sure that layoffs will happen but if that gets announced i don't think it would be surprising anyone not, but, not i mean all. they made it pretty clear that anybody who's fired or leaves they are not replacing for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future so wouldn't be yeah. surprised clearly eves will take a will take a pay cut to say save some jobs right yeah 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 that's like how that. capitalism works he seems a nice like a nice guy but yeah, I mean, with just a trend we're seeing in tech in general, right? Like it just, I don't know if, if you know, you wake up tomorrow and see, oh, this company is laying off like a thousand people. I just don't think it'd be surprising right now, which is kind of scary just for these people and their, their livelihoods, right? Yeah. I mean, since the start also... of 2022, we've seen mm. over 250,000 layoffs in tech. Mm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, crazy. It gets, it gets bloated and now it's being pruned. Yeah. Well, we hope that the people who have been laid off and in all of tech in general can land on their feet, find some new footing. Um, and we'll just have to see how this Microsoft or the Xbox specific layoffs kind of affect things moving forward. Because, I mean, if it has affected Bethesda in a big way, I mean, Starfield is allegedly in the next five months. Supposedly. They, they <laughs> claim this. Allegedly. Uh, no, that's kind of the I mean, big, to, big thing. To talk about Xbox as well, we also know that on the 25th, we're going to get a, a big a big showcase for them as well. Mm. So oh, that's right. Kind of crazy that it's going from this to okay now we're going to go and show off a whole bunch of stuff um but if you're interested in in checking out those announcements with us i know that christian and i will be live on youtube so um you know on the 25th in the afternoon i believe it's 3 p.m est um if you're just putzing around with nothing to do come and come and hang out with us and uh you know Watch with us as we check out what Xbox's slate looks like for 2023. Yeah, been a lot of silence from them. And hey, if you want a reminder on that, you can like subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the bell, whatever else the other YouTubers say you have to do, so you can get the <laughs> notification. And uh, when we're live, you'll know. Smash that subscribe. Smash it. Uh, but let's jump into some games and also TV show. Uh, Stretch, you got an early code to Persona 3 Portable. Your content is live on the site. We have a review out, a bunch of guides. So if you're playing through it for the first time or want 100% it, check out those guides. Stretch. Good luck 100%ing. <laughs> yeah, it'd take a while. That's Yeah, you've, you've got to do some fantastic micromanaging of, of your, your time and effort and planning out like just life to 100% to that in a single run. Um, but yeah, this was this was the first time that I had fully played through Persona 3 Portable. I had played through it and gotten about 70% of the way through it on the PSP way, way, way back in the day. Hmm. What came out, like 2006 or something? Um, Maybe, yeah. I think so. Uh, but uh, it's, really, it's really cool to go back to it, but it... Persona, I think, is just the perfect example of a franchise that has continued to build on what it does in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, playing Persona 5 and playing Persona 4 Golden when it hit Steam last year or the year before, like those are those are much more modern takes. Even playing Persona 4, it was like, oh, cool. I see where they kind of like had an had a had a, a seedling of an idea here. And then it became this in Persona 5. Mm -hmm. um, Persona 3 feels like a lot of steps back. Um, I mean, it, it literally is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so much so that, you know, there aren't like specific dungeons for like any of the social links in the same way that, that 4 and 5 kind of give you okay, we're going to focus on this person's story arc and we're going to work through it and we're going to get to the end of it and they're going to be in a better place, um, either with like new people joining in or just like working through stuff. The mega dungeon, Tartarus, in Persona 3 sucks. It is the definition of bloat in a video game that I got to, like I got to the true ending 
um, you know, it was a quick turnaround time on the review. So I was crunching it a bit, got to like the, the final moments of like all of the characters rallying, like today's the day, today's the day that we're going to get to the top of, of Tartarus and we're going to, we're going to take down this deity that's trying to destroy the world. I'm like, cool, cool. Up until that point, the the last boss that I was able to beat unlocked for me um, floor 165 of, of Tartarus, which is a, every level is a procedurally generated layout. Um, and they just like change some, change some of the wallpaper every like 30 floors or so. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm on to floor 165. Great. Um, you know, how, like what, what floor is the top floor? And I did a quick Google search. Oh, 263. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's, like it's unnecessary. Everyone, everyone getting together and banding and this is the moment and we're going to go out, we're going to fight the thing. It's like, okay, now dungeon crawl for another two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It it really is the the worst of all worlds um because it's thematically on point right because tartarus is mm -hmm. you know the the labyrinth that's always shifting yeah but man thematically it, it works it sucks. as i said in my review like the social links in persona 3 i think are some of the best social links um the kind of the deep stories that deal with all kinds of trauma a little girl whose parents are getting divorced and you know lash out at her uh an athlete that wants to go the distance, but was born with a bum knee, mm -hmm. um, social anxieties, social pressures, uh, different family system trauma. All of these are so interesting and so fantastic. And then every single time that it gets to going through Tartarus, it's like, okay, putting on a podcast or let's have Netflix up on a side screen. Like I just brain check out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is definitely rough. It's like, I think Mementos is the perfect mm -hmm. evolution, right, of Tartarus, because yeah. it, it's also procedurally generated in Persona 5, yeah. but it's not tedious. You get the car so you can move really fast and yeah. Yeah, and you could like, you could you could chop Tartarus down by like 50%, probably 60%, and it would be just as impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, but just as of right before we recorded, you know, it, you know, insiders air quotes talking about you know uh, a persona 3 full remaster will is you know well in progress and persona 6 is well in progress because there's still no proper way to play persona 3 because mm -hmm. every single version has like different stuff to it yeah it's like persona, persona 3 fes you can like walk around the open world or the overworld because like portable it's like point and click almost right mm -hmm. like it's yeah yeah uh, uh fes gives you that ability to move but you can't control your party members yeah and in fes you can't control your party member but fes also has a uh a, an epilogue scene that's set like a few months after the end of the main game that follows a different character that's meant to be super impactful um i've never uh, played it because i've only played portable <laughs> Hey, uh, pro tip, don't, don't, if you oh, thought Tartarus was tedious, boy, howdy is the answer even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it is, oh, man. it is a trip. Yeah. So I, I have hopes for that remake. If the rumors are true that they, they come out with like a definitive version of persona mm -hmm. three, 
Like, I think I wrote a, an opinion about it like months back, like when Boyle came out um, that if you want to read that, it's uh, kind of dives more into that kind of like there's no real definitive way to play Persona 3, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Otten, uh, you on our document here said you have a very relevant Naughty Dog game to discuss. I do. Is it Uncharted 4? No. Oh, no, it's Uncharted 5. Cool. In a way, yes. In a way, yes, that is what it is. Uh, since we have a Naughty Dog TV show that is out now, I know oh, it's shit. HBO, really, but it's a Naughty Dog show in my my eyes. They made all they took all the cutscenes and made a show out of it. Mm. The Last of Us. <clears throat> I thought some random YouTuber did that years ago. That well, they paid him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was Craig uh, Mason. This whole yeah, song. Craig did it years ago. <laughs> right, right. Uh, anyway, no, I finally, after I, I played the awful game that is Crisis Core, I needed something, a palate cleanser to mm. make me forget the, how fucking awful and terrible that game is. Um, and I had it sitting around for a while and hadn't played it as I play, I tried out, uh, I, well, I've gotten through it, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, mm. finally. So it is Uncharted 4E and also a little bit, I think, of a glimpse into what Uncharted 5 could be like. Because I only want to talk about because I, I know I'm way behind. It came out in 2017, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Six years ago. But we haven't well, seen Uncharted since then. So and I think that's, I think it, probably whatever their next thing will be is something Uncharted, right? Well, hey, to, be f- to be fair, we have seen Uncharted since then. Tom Holland no, would like no, a no. word. And Marky it, Mark. It, they it, would Mr. like Uncharted. <laughs> Nolan North was in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now it's an interesting take, I think, on because it does this open world thing with Uncharted for it that I think worked really well. It was pretty basic. It wasn't like it looked pretty, but it was it was pretty simple game design wise. But the whole idea of Uncharted is like you're exploring shit and finding cool shit and you being able to guide that kind of just fit it thematically and i and i am not and i'm not saying we need a bunch more open world stuff because god please save us from that i'm tired i'm kind of done with it for the most part but if it, if it's if it's open world stuff that takes you to the cool choreographed spectacle stuff that uncharted is known for that's the reward for going out and finding the thing or whatever these things are like sign me the fuck up where yeah, i, I mean, where like it gives you a little more agency of it as weird as it is to say Sony with stuff like God of War, or at least like mm-hmm. the first God of War was more of it, that's kind of become my personal gold standard for for an open world. Yes. I yeah. think if they did an Uncharted that was something like that, where you're moving around to these different areas, it doesn't yeah. necessarily need the hub world like God of War, but it's that kind of same vein. I think that would do really well. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, Last of Us 2 had something similar. Like that first day you're in Seattle as Ellie. Like, I guess, to, yeah, a little bit of go, open worldy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge downtown area where, like, you could That's just true. beeline to the goal, but if you explore, you get like that cool yeah. scene where Ellie So it seems that they're definitely that. wanting to do more of that kind of stuff. And then Lost Legacy felt it's so stupid because they didn't do anything innovate. Like, there's nothing new that they did. It's just that they did it with Uncharted mm-hmm. and it fit. I think and I think they're definitely trying to do that with whatever their next thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big open world thing in whatever the next Naughty Dog game is, whether it's Uncharted or whatever the hell Crash Bandicoot, open world. <laughs> hey, hey, don't uh, knock it till you try it. Eh, I mean, we just had a Sonic open world, so who fucking yeah. knows? <laughs> we had a Kirby open world. Like, yeah. yeah. 
I saw I saw uh, Alpha Rad was doing Sonic Frontiers modded, and oh, there was God. like oh. the the giant like the the giant humanoid robot off in the background, um, doing Fortnite dances. It <laughs> <laughs> does make it better. It does, but I never realized how Sonic Frontiers modded is a phrase that strikes fear in my heart because of the, the rampant possibilities that community could come up with. Yeah. Like kissing God. humans. Yep. Bring the princess anyway, no, that's back official. In. Uncharted Lost Legacy is pretty good. Chloe was pretty good protagonist. I would not be surprised to see it be a one protagonist in the next one, whoever it might be. It might be, maybe it'll be Chloe. I mean, she's got the history. You you finished it or you just played a lot of it? I'm almost at the end of it. I okay. like I basically at the end, but I have not completed it. Why does she fucking die? I don't know. Well, no, like I only played a bit of it uh, toward the end of last year. I only played a bit of it toward the end of last year, and I got to where it starts to open up. I did mm. like one or two of the like, oh, now that it's open, I can explore this or that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that they kind of continue that open world, you know, vibe throughout. Yeah. Yeah, it actually delivers on it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, like I said, it's not like the most, it's not super engaging overworld stuff. It just is open world and mm -hmm. it's done competently enough. Um, it's not a huge game either. Yeah. But uh, it's, I think it is something that will marry well with Uncharted. And I mean, really just the Naughty Dog style of game. Anyway. Because mm -hmm. it could be cool to see them, like if they had an open world game, and it's yeah, one of those kind of, kind of like how you know Breath of the Wild, you could beat it technically, and you know, yeah. like you could beeline to Ganon and beat him. Mm -hmm. Like if you're smart enough and can figure out all the clues beforehand, maybe you can like Something. go straight to the the final treasure or whatever. You know, I'm definitely curious what I mean because we know that they have relatively long dev cycles, and the you know, last that was the last Uncharted thing, and it was six years ago almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something this year next year about whatever the next thing is maybe but i mean to add to the rumor mill i'm pretty sure like i saw a rumor that last of us three allegedly yeah, last of us three and then there was oh. another rumor that it was like their their second team or some other team was doing uncharted it wasn't the like a team mm -hmm. necessarily but, but whatever yeah. rumors abound right who knows mm -hmm. all right well i think this is the point in the pod where we're going to shift over and talk about the last of us tv show uh, from on HBO, we're only going to talk about episode one because oh, episode two hasn't come out yet for us at the time we're recording. Sure. So if you haven't seen the episode and you are curious, and if you haven't played the game and you're curious, this is your final warning. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. But now let's get into the Last of Us episode one. Pedro Pascal is Joel. Yes, Daddy yeah. is a state of mind. Man, the talking rabbit was pretty wild. I'm talking yeah yeah yo that first episode slapped that was a great first episode pretty good i yeah. agree i think it was pretty good yeah. i think that it's gonna be one of those ones that bridges the gaps to to gamers like gamers will really enjoy this you don't need to be a gamer to enjoy this you don't need to have like you know lived through the source material to be yeah. like Fuck yeah this is awesome well, what's cool about that, too, is seeing Neil Druckmann tweet like this will be the first time my parents interact with this. Oh, and that was like, oh, yeah. Holy shit. I didn't even think about that. Like. 
for those of us that have parents that don't play games, they may interact with this and it sparks a discussion. And yeah. that's pretty cool. And the fact mm-hmm. that it like was as kind of faithful to the source material as it was, was also really cool to see. Yeah, Especially like that one scene in the apartment that was like almost frame to frame. Yeah. As the game. Like I liked how there were scenes that are just straight up lifted. Like the lines are pretty one-to-one. Uh, but the delivery for them isn't the same because I think I think no. both Peter Pascal and uh, the actress who plays Ellie, neither of them have played the game. So it's Bella not like Ramsey. they're Bella Ramsey. Right. Thank you. Like neither of them are referencing like, oh, I've got to mimic Troy Baker. Exactly. I've got to be Ashley Johnson. Exactly. Right. I will say some of the, like the the aggressive intonation and stuff in some of um, Bella Ramsey's lines were very, were very spot on. Yeah. Um, which I, I really liked. Um not not to say that they needed to be the same, but like it it immediately drew me into like, yes, this is Ellie. Like that's that's how Ellie would say that thing. Yeah, because cause she's kind of like a shitty teenager a little bit. She's got like that kind of that mean streak, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think she's, she's seen people say well. that wasn't faithful to the source material too. There were some people that are tweeting like that's she's being too much x y or z and i'm like that's exactly how ellie was she was the, she was the <laughs> arrogant teen that was a, like a little yeah yeah, yeah they were yeah. saying she wasn't like that and i was like yeah she was did you play the game at the <laughs> i mean by the end yeah she's not like that as much yeah. to joel yeah. but like by that point they're and like kind of pseudo father they don't know each other at the start and so joel's like i the fucking i gotta deal with this now it's kind of like yeah. fucking a like, i don't want to do first the little shit, green uh, one and now this uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i did notice because i think i remember there was a news story uh before the show came out that they were not going to use spores or like the whole gas mask thing Mm -hmm. how did it hit you guys when um they run into you know one of the like the dead you know fungus out corpses but there's no spores or anything i didn't hate it Mm. i didn't think it was like terrible I, th- I feel like there are only a few times like as as an as a game mechanic like to create additional haze to make things harder to see the spores made a lot of sense um or even like i guess some of the times you had to like run away from spores mm. um but uh i think for the for the purpose of tv where like if you don't want the audience to see something just frame the shot away from the thing like the the jump scare of the of the the dead um clicker against the wall mm. was done really well i i think that yeah the the spores make a lot more sense to add as a mechanic for a game but i would probably be pissed off at the haziness and the questionable quality especially like you know we had the game of thrones episodes through hbo like the the battle of winter winterfell no that's winterfell is skyrim yeah the the (laughs) i'm the big the big battle where everything was dark and everyone complained that the that the compression on the streaming made it unwatchable that if there were different go for it if there were different like hazy tones on the screen and then you also had to deal with streaming compression from what is clearly a popular series with 4.7 million viewers on the first day. Um, I think that would get in the way of what they were trying to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I think it's in the first two days now it's like 10 million views, right. Which is crazy. 
I think uh, in that in that first day, that 4.7 million viewers that you said, it's second most for HBO streaming service, only behind House of the Dragon, which was like 9.8 or 9 million viewers or something in the first day. But that makes sense because, you know, it's like a spinoff to arguably the most popular HBO thing ever, right? Um, but I, I think back to the spores thing, I, I think part of it too that I'm okay with is like, I think yeah okay it's not quote unquote faithful to the source material uh but man i don't want to watch the whole second half of this episode with pedro pascal on a gas mask i just don't i don't want to deal with that that sounds kind of well, it's the same thing with the robert stuff where they just killed him off like yeah let's let's make it quick and easy let's not you know have this long drawn out thing and continue through the story because the pacing of the episode was also very good. Like yeah, it I would, ended on a yeah. good place for a first episode. Yeah. I would hate to have a TV show where Pedro Pascal spends the whole time wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, and cause I, I've recently been replaying through the last of us uh, and man, that, that whole Robert bit is really, it kind of drags, but also like from a game perspective, it makes sense. Cause that's the, that's the tutorial. That's where you learn the mechanics and interacts with them. And you know, that's that's where games and TV differs, right? That you don't need to learn how to watch the show. So yeah. Robert's place in the story is kind of like, eh, what, he's the inciting incident to get the ball rolling, but we don't need to spend so much time with him. And I'm glad that what they did is in lieu of that, they kind of spent more time with Sarah, right? Because before, like the, the show doesn't open with like the outbreak, right? It's like you follow a whole day at school before and like how... Sarah gets the watch and gets it fixed up, but then there's like the eerie, like you you notice like the police are on alert and stuff. But all yeah. that builds like a really nice tension, and like that opening sh the scene with the uh, the scientists on the on the talk show, that yeah. was so good. That was really smart. Good. It was so yeah. good. It, it set the Very stakes so well. Yeah. yeah, this was really kind of like I think based on the length, it was episode one and two. Because episode one's Sarah ends with her dying, and then episode two is all the stuff in you know modern day last of us yeah time. Foster. Yeah. yeah i think i read a tweet somewhere that it was like they had they had that as the first episode and then it might have been Druckmann, might have been someone else higher up who said like well no we need to make it twice as long because people are not going to get to the end of that and then come back next week for mm. the the actual buy-in yeah yeah because yeah. i feel like if it ended on the shot with uh joel and sarah like when sarah dies i mean it's a very powerful moment but it's also like if it ended there i don't know i'd feel like it i feel like a lot of people would have bounced off well, yeah. i think it feels like a conclusion yeah 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 and did so anyone like... else wish that pedro pascal was wrapping them up in his big muscular arms are you saying Just you wish me. you were dying no what no take it that way yeah we all do kind of want to die low key like yeah. it wouldn't be the worst thing if i died fair um but some of my this favorite bits of would it, be less depressing <laughs> some of my favorite bits of it were the, the uh the like video gamey bits of it because i do think there was some influence from the gamey stuff like i think my favorite part some of my favorite part was in the truck the whole shots from within the truck i was like oh, this yeah. is straight out of a fucking video game like per and it but it was such a tense thing in the way they move back and the fucking plane crashing and all the people surrounding it was so chaotic it was such a well done shot that mm -hmm. it felt very video game very naughty yeah, that, dog video game too of like in a car with 
what they're the way they do it. That that is lifted directly from the game. Yeah, yeah you can is, yeah. you can go on YouTube and find those comparisons. And it was right? it worked really well, so I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> and what I like about it too is it lifts the because that's in the game that's very inspired by like cinematography movies and yeah. tv right so i like that it's working really well in the tv show and yeah. i also like that it's not picking up the video gamey parts of like like it doesn't feel like fucking scott pilgrim you know what i mean yeah. where it's like everything's a video game reference like there's a p bar like yeah. you know I, I don't want any of that shit like i'm glad that they're leaving behind the kind of like the trappings of video game logic in a way right and it's just like this is just a post-apocalyptic tv okay. show right there's no like i'm gonna I think combine in, in this like they're it's not combining well, bandages with alcohol, right? To like make first aid kits uh, together. Right? Wait till they find a crafting bench, buddy. We'll see. It was, I mean, Last of Us is probably one of the most perfect cinematic series that can lend itself to video as well. I mean, like a lot of what The Last of Us did was very cinematic to begin with. And so it's it, even the story, everything seems like it, it just translates so naturally to the the screen like yeah. as opposed to you know Un uncharted was a little weird i think the way they they did it um i liked it but i feel like this was a really faithful adaptation that just moved over so smoothly mm. i think maybe one of my favorite changes they did from the the game to the, sh the show is it's like I think one of the last scenes where Joel beats the shit out of that dude, like literally yeah. beats the man to death, right? And it's like it's something very similar. Yeah, something similar happens in the game where that's the scene where you know Joel and Tess find out that Ellie's infected, but et cetera, et cetera, right? But I like that they brought the flashback of the scene when that that soldier kills his daughter in his arms and shoots him, right? Because like that brings this connection that like I didn't think about. The first time i was watching or i played the game right but the, the show kind of bridges that gap and kind of makes that scene a lot more powerful and it's, it's played out a little bit differently too but i thought it was a really nice addition to the original story yeah well, they definitely like in the framing of everything because like there's definitely some like there was enough like difference in the two scenes in the game that i think i as well did not put it together but having like the exact same framing, exact same lighting, it was just, it was perfection. It was so great. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And it really paints Joel as this like, just this beaten down, just like, like Sad broken dad. man. Yeah. Yeah. It feels right. more so in the show with how they're, how Pedro's portraying it and the, the change of that scene and kind of stuff where like, I don't know, I guess I didn't get as much of a vibe of that with Joel in the game at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you learn it over time and you understand it, but like it's very, very apparent already in the show. Yeah. Well, I wonder if part of it too is like when you're playing the game, right? There's just a little bit of like video game protagonist syndrome where yeah, it's like, of course, Joel's going to kill these guys because like that's what makes it fun as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, when you have that yeah. separation, it's easier to be a little more, uh, have a little more perspective on the, a character when you're not embodying yeah. the character. Yeah. Which is one of the interesting that people keep, a lot of people whine about, like, why are they making this when it's basically a movie anyway in the game? And it, I mean, I don't think that's, it's, it's, uh, not a, 
I don't, I don't want to say it's a fair comparison. It's it's a worthy discussion to have. Like it's it's the most movie like games that are out there, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. But it's because that separation is a whole new perspective on the story. Yeah. This is a new interpretation of the story. I mean, even even if it's you know plot by plot, you know, point by point, the same plot or whatever, um, you're still going to experience it very differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be very curious to see like if it does follow point by point and it ends on that same. Mm-hmm way yeah. that the game ends right where joel lies to ellie and she's like okay and you see in her yeah. eyes right like like she knows it's not like she knows something's up i wonder mm-hmm. if they end it that same way if the journey they take to get there is going to feel different than the game does yeah you know? i don't know yeah christian is building a uh, last of us meter so it's true that's yeah. right yeah, that's that's amazing. yeah. Did, did, he called it the Tlo- tlomo meter TLO-UMO-meter? Something like that. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It will definitely, like, assuming they get to part two, it's if they make the the show, I'm assuming it will, based on how popular it already is. Um, What they do with that story there, because it'll be weird. Yeah. I'm assuming it's not going to be all from Ellie and then all from Abby's perspective. I mean, it's it's pretty common in TV shows and stuff to, like, split the focus and and have an a plot and a b plot oh yeah it just might be that sometimes you get the ellie plot and sometimes you don't um yeah i'm assuming that's what it'll be yeah but it was such a it was an interesting narrative decision game wise i wonder what discussion will happen for the tv honestly if if they do it with like a b a b a b story and tell their stories in parallel to meet um i will think that that will be a better narrative than how they posed it in the actual game i would agree i, I agree yeah, yeah well, I, it's a very lukewarm take <laughs> no no I, yeah i mean like i think honestly i could totally imagine you know like the, let's say season one like season one is the, the first game right and it ends yeah. you know like the last episode is joel going on the rampage and saving ellie and the lie and all that cut the credits we wait two years season two starts and it starts with just abby and I, I bet we yeah. get like a longer scene of like, you, you remember that scene of like the dad saving the zebra? We're probably going to get a longer version of that. Yeah. And then it's like, then the dad being like, okay, I'm going to go to work today. Bye, honey. I'll see you later. And yeah. then you find out he died at work. Why did he die? And that whole, like, I bet we don't even see Ellie for the whole first episode. You know what I mean? Like, that, I could totally mm. believe that. I could right? see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Doing the AB going back and forth, like I mean, Last of Us Two has been talked to death. But I think part of its problem was like you get through Ellie's story to the the moment where they, they eventually meet up later, and there's so much time in between that. You're like, oh yeah, this ha-, like the emotional weight behind what was happening is kind of forgotten because mm-hmm. you're you ten hours removed. <laughs> well, well, it's either forgotten or you're just like, I'm so like I, I even if I like Abby, I just want to get back to that, you know, like just yeah, back there. exactly. It's like you you get narratively taken out at the knees, yeah, at that midway point in the game. It's like, oh fuck, come yeah. on, oh yeah. Excellent. I I remember seeing a lot of people complaining about the one scene with Sarah where she's picking the movie. Um, and it's oh, that no. very like horror trope where she's like yeah. thumbing through the movies and behind her old oh, lady's like the... starting to turn. Yeah. yeah. I like that. that scene. I don't know. I kind of liked that. That was like, great. I mean, it, it wasn't... added this deep suspense like even knowing what we know about the game it was still like it was very like 
it was i know that rob touched on it there was a lot of like you need to be watching in the background to see stuff is getting worse um you know talking about like the police cars and stuff when she first walks into the when she first walks into the pawn shop it's like cop car goes by cop car goes by ambulance goes by swat car goes by and like they don't make a sound they don't have their lights on nothing um, when I was watching by. with my wife, she didn't even she didn't even see that happening. She was watching like how Ellie was fiddling with the with Joel, uh, not Ellie, sorry, how Sarah was fiddling okay. with Joel's watch. Um, it was just such a good suspenseful buildup. Yeah, like I mean, I I do understand where people are coming from with the scene with the old lady in the background because that is very like horror tropey, right? It's very like it's, oh, very yeah, original. Yeah. But I, you know, it worked for me. I don't tropes, think it was like, tropes for a reason. <laughs> yeah but even then it's like it it work. it's fine you know like mm. it's it's not so bad where i'm like this yeah. is unwatchable this yeah is it's not garbage. awful i think yeah. it would have been better if they just kept the the dog being unwary to let people figure that out like what the, the dog has got a problem with her what's mm. the deal yeah yeah i like i like the sarah portion a lot and yeah. how they kind of changed it like um as my wife played the game and she was like, well, didn't something different happen when like when he came back? And I was like, yeah, I think he basically, if I remember right, it's been a long time. He basically just like busted through the back door is like the neighbor just tried to bite me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a there was a neighbor that burst through the giant floor to ceiling windows. And then Joel comes right. in yeah, yeah, yeah. and shoots the neighbor. So, yeah. yeah. OK, one question I want to ask you guys. Uh, final mm-hmm. question here before we wrap up. So. You know, we approach games and TV shows differently. So one of the tricks that The Last of Us has to do to get you like in right at the beginning is to not only believe that Joel and Sarah love each other, but that they're both very likable and that you're already rooting for them. Right. The game does it in like five minutes, 10 minutes at most. Right. And then she dies at like 15 minutes in, whereas in the TV show, like I'm pretty sure it's about 30 minutes until the whole death scene. So, so it's like probably longer than I, that. I think it's probably about 40, 45, 40, yeah, 40, 40, 45. Right. So they spend a long time, much longer time in a TV show building up primarily Sarah, but you see more of the Sarah Joel dynamic. Like they have dinner in the morning with Tommy and all that. Right. So do you feel like if the TV show cut it all down to be about the same length as the game, would it have still worked? And if so, if not, why not? Or if so, why? I think there could have been some stuff that they could have selectively edited out. Like, you know, we know about the importance of the watch and the watch getting repaired because she like went into the city and they also kind of like seeded the idea of, well, maybe she was infected anyway because she went to the city. Um, But stuff like that, you probably could have just cut to the evening and her giving the present and saying, I got your watch fixed. Um, But I like the world building that occurred during that, I think was a little bit more invaluable, Um, you know, based on Joel's want to work a double, even on his birthday to make sure that, you know, food is on the table, yada, yada, and how you get, from the very first moments you immediately get this dynamic of like a dad trying to hold his shit together. Um, Sarah's definitely way older, uh, 
like in her maturity than she should be for her age because of what she's had to go through. Um, I think that they really, they set up 90% of what I feel that dynamic is at that meal. And then the following 10% is probably like them watching movies and her falling asleep on his lap. Mm -hmm. I think what's more important about it isn't necessarily making the moment she dies more impactful. I mean, uh, a parent having their child die in their arms is always going to be powerful, particularly if a performance like they perform, it was very well mm -hmm. done. Yes. Like you don't need a lot of setup to, for an audience to understand, like this is very important a moment. But I think what it what a lot of the showing more of their relationship is going to do is that little bit we saw of the flashback of Sarah dying and then Ellie with Joel uh, we're gonna there's gonna be a little more of that where he's gonna see a little bit more of sarah in mm -hmm. ellie and we as an audience are gonna be like oh that's that is a little bit like her personality wise where we saw that in this scene or like her at school or how she's always telling her dad like she's smart she knows this stuff like she's too smart for dad and that kind of things like that i think that's where it's gonna crop up more often is that it's gonna make us understand joel and ellie's relationship a lot more mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I could see that because I think part of where I was like trying to figure out how I was standing on this was like uh, games generally. And we say this a lot on the pod. They don't have the best stories, right? No. Like, like compared to TV shows and movies and books, right? There are, they're usually not the best. Like the last of us no. is an exception, not the rule. And, and even then, I mean, last of us is, is good. It's not, yeah. everybody's like, it's this amazing. It's, it's just a good story. It's not yeah. the best thing ever right it, it's the best thing ever in <laughs> games right like, like oh, one That's of right, they, well it, i arguable. mean yeah, arguable but it is one of the higher up there right like in terms of game sure. stories right it's pretty up there and i was just trying to think like okay so it, i guess is the tv show so far we think it's executed well mm -hmm. but you know is it, is it executed well compared to the game or is that a hard comparison yeah. to make you know it's kind of hard to say because they're both like such different medium and i think yeah. it, it took the strengths of the game um i feel like it made them a little better in terms of like taking that this short five ten minute period of a game expanded it into 45 minutes and making it feel a lot more meaningful um i mean like in the game yes it was like impactful it was meaningful but i don't think it was as impactful as it has been in the show right. because you get more time right. with sarah you get more time with joel yeah to understand before this like incredibly tragic thing happens yeah i dev i like the show version of this better because uh, i think it is too quick in the game but i understandably why like they can't they weren't going to linger on that forever this yeah. is the beginning of their game it's kind of you know it's got to have some kind of action kind of something going on where the players got to be involved we're not just going to watch an hour-long cutscene unless kojima made it we're not going right. to sit there and watch this hour-long <laughs> cutscene to start it um, yeah because it still has to be a game the, you know? yeah that's just the limitation of games is you cannot dwell on a cutscene for too long typically yeah. or players will immediately disengage and obviously it's not at the start easy to immediately yeah. pick up your phone mid cutscene or get distracted by looking at something in the world that's one of the big benefits is that they get to frame every shot they get mm -hmm. to guide everybody's attention to whatever they want whenever they want they don't have to also have this interactive world or something for you to look at everywhere like for players to keep them engaged they get to tell it very pointedly but it also lets them expand out little moments a little bit more or mm -hmm. build on things that were maybe blips or maybe just blips to some players because they blew past it or whatever right um 
so they definitely there's a lot of benefits that go the way of telling a story on a tv show or movie versus a game in terms of being able to convey exactly what you want to convey mm -hmm. right. but you get a lot more of the fireflies out of this too so you know in the game it's like you run into her i need you to take this girl whereas this like you're getting a little bit more of her yeah. time with the fireflies and the impact of um blanking on her name getting shot marlene um, marlene or, yeah, yeah getting shot and the fact that she can't be the one to take her mm -hmm. um I feel like it just lends a lot more weight to that part of the story. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that's one of those where it's they games. I think they don't have to do as much legwork there because as a game, we just accept I'm going to be given a task. Yeah. And in the show, yeah. they have Joel's got to be given a real reason of like, fuck that. I'm not like that was his initial. He's like, fucking no, I'm not doing that. Are you insane? <laughs> be given a re like a very like a good reason to do it. Um, and I think yeah, they did that very well yeah it's kind of yeah. yeah they've got to they've got to take everything that we take for granted in a video game and be yeah. like here's the here's the human reason here's mm -hmm. what will make you watch it and go why the fuck did he do that <laughs> yeah well yeah because in a game you can fill in the blanks yourself because yeah. you're the yeah. one that did the well, action well, yeah. in the game you don't even well, need to I fill in that. the blanks because you just want to do things and yep. the game yeah. when the game tells you do thing you're and like the yes. next thing yeah i yeah. want to see the next thing right exactly yeah. Well, I think that's a wrap on this episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, uh, please leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, leave us a comment down below, either on our site, on YouTube, or whatever. Let us know what did you think of the first episode of The Last of Us? Did it live up to your, your hopes and dreams? Are you dissatisfied? Is it not accurate to the source material? Let us know what you think in the comments down below. Uh, we will be back next Monday with another episode of the Tech Raptor podcast, and we will see you then. Goodbye.